guys, you just never know with Championship Sunday, okay? I picked the opposite Super Bowl last Thursday, okay? I'll admit that. Uh, a lot of you guys have been messaging me and saying, what happened to your Super Bowl matchup? Well, it flunked, okay? It went just like how I did in high school math. It, I flunked, okay? I didn't flunk high school math. It's just a joke, but it flunked. I was 0 for 2, and sometimes being wrong happens, okay? It happens. So for everybody on social media, just let's just all just take it, just, just calm down, okay? Just calm down. It's okay to be wrong sometimes, all right? It is okay to be wrong sometimes. With that being said, welcome to Pigskin Frenzy on this wonderful and Pretty chilly Thursday afternoon. Thank you for joining us. I'm Joel Norris. And whether you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify, listening on Podbean, or listening on Apple, a big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, all you have to do is just share around with others and follow on there as well. Now, X, Instagram, and Facebook, just type in Pigskin Frenzy, follow, like the pages there. You'll get episode updates. You will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You will get trivia questions on Instagram stories. Go and answer today's, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, NFL day today, and we are electric right now. We are covering, uh, we covered two of the conference championship games last week. Uh, we got you know, Pro Bowl coming up this weekend and eventually next week, the big dance, the Super Bowl. And these two games did not go how I expected it to go. <laughs> like I said, to start the show, it didn't expect it how I was going to, you know, take it, but take it as you will. I mean, hey, you, we guys, we all pick different. This is why we all have opinions. So uh, AFC Championship game, got that wrong. NFC Championship game, got that wrong as well. So, hey, just... Again, don't unsubscribe for that, okay? Everybody makes mistakes. Pro Bowl, we're going to go over that. We're going to go over the skills competitions. We're going to go over, uh, you know, a, a lot to do with the Pro Bowl because the thing is, it's kind of interesting. I really haven't really paid a lot of attention to the Pro Bowl even though I cover a lot of football itself. So it, it's quite interesting. So we're going to talk a little bit about the Pro Bowl and we're going to, you know, Kind of just end it with the Pro Bowl. We're not going to go too much into the Super Bowl until next Thursday. So, guys, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Keep plugging in on there. Uh, keep plugging in on all the audios, Spotify, Podbean, Apple, you name it, Amazon, you, you name it, wherever you listen to it on audio, and keep plugging in and keep messaging me and keep talking to me on X, Instagram, and Facebook for all things up to date for Pixie and Friends. And let's recap Championship Sunday, shall we? Because the AFC Championship game was a doozy, <laughs> all right? Uh, did not expect it to go this way, but here we are, Chiefs and Ravens. I thought the game was going to be close. I thought Patrick Mahomes was going to make it a a game, obviously, because why not? He's thirteen and three into you know in in playoff and postseason. He's thirteen and three in his first six seasons, right? I thought the Ravens were going to have a dynamic run game. I thought the Ravens were arguably arguably the best team this season in the NFL. Well, <laughs> let's just scratch all that and make 
this 14 and 3 in his first 16 seat his first six seasons in the pl- in the postseason. Final score, Chiefs 17, Ravens 10. I was wrong. I picked the Ravens to win that game. Uh let's go over the stats and then we'll break down the game. Patrick Mahomes, unbelievable, by the way. In the first quarter, he was near a hundred percent passing. Throughout the whole first quarter, he was a hundred percent passing. Six for six passing in the first quarter. Unbelievable. You cannot let that happen if you're the Ravens defense. Patrick Mahomes, 30 for 39 with 241 yards and a touchdown, six carries with 15 yards. Isaiah Pacheco had a really good game as well, 24 carries with 68 yards and a touchdown, four receptions with 14 yards. Travis Kelsey, 11 receptions with 116 yards and a touchdown and a five-yard carry. He was the AFC Championship player of the game. Rashi Rice, eight receptions with 46 yards. Marquez Valtis-Scantling, two receptions with 38 yards. Justin Watson, 16-yard reception. Noah Gray, two receptions with eight yards. The defense forced three turnovers and racked up four sacks. Linebacker Drew Tranquil was the main highlight for this defense, and he racked up eight tackles. Let's go with the Ravens really quick before we uh, break down the game. Uh, Lamar Jackson, unbelievable stat line, and and, and I'm going to tell you why this is unbelievable. 20 for 37 with 272 yards and a touchdown with one interception. That is not the incredible part. Eight carries with 54 yards. That's that's not that's not the incredible part. Just wait right here. 13 yard reception. This is the incredible part because if you were watching the game just like how I was, you saw Lamar Jackson throw the ball. It was tipped in the air, and he ran up and ca- caught his own pass. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I, honestly, I was stunned when I saw it. I was really stunned when I saw it. The athleticism that Lamar Jackson features in the Lamar and then and that he has is just a second to none in the National Football League. Unbelievable by Lamar Jackson. And Gus Edwards, three carries with 20 yards, 16-yard reception. Zay Flowers, five receptions with 115 yards and a touchdown, two carries with four yards. Justice Hill, four receptions with 34 yards, three carries with three yards. Nelson Aguilar, 39-yard reception. Odell Beckham Jr., three receptions with 22 yards. Isaiah Likely, two receptions with 16 yards. Mark Andrews, two receptions with 15 yards. Safety Kyle Hamilton was all over the field for this defense. I mean, he was a force to be reckoned with. The, he racked up 11 total tackles on defense. Kyle Hamilton did. So about the game itself, it was domination. <laughs> As I was just After I just got done hyping up the Ravens, it was pure domination. It wasn't even close on the field. The score was close, 17 to 10. It was close. Domination on the field, though, on all sides of the ball. The Chiefs won up front. They won on the ground. They won throwing the ball. They won on defense. They won on special teams. All sides of the football, the Chiefs beat them. The Chiefs were there before. The Ravens are not there as much. The Chiefs have been there since 2018. They've been in the conference championship for since 2018. 2018. That's about seven years. That's six or seven straight years of conference championship appearances. I was doing the math in my head. 17 straight years of conference championship appearances. That's unbelievable, by the way. That's unbelievable. They've been there before. The Ravens haven't. And the Ravens have, but I'm saying they don't, they're not there as much. Put it that way. They got dominated. They got dominated. Mahomes, uh, here's the deal. 
about about the Chiefs. Let me just go on with the Chiefs really quick. They Mahomes and Kelsey were the main factors, obviously. Kelsey was wide open. They really could not guard him. He had an sensational game catching the ball. Uh, like I said, 116 yards. 116 yards and a touchdown and five-yard carry with 11 receptions. I mean, unbelievable. Kelsey was the, the main target. He was uh, clicking on – him and Mahomes were clicking on all cylinders. Mahomes made plays happen. To ice the game, Mahomes threw it to Marquez Valtis-Scantling, and Scantling called a deep pass uh, around the Ravens' 15, 20-yard line to ice the game uh, in near the two-minute warning. And that was the last play, and the Ravens let it happen, and that was it. The Chiefs were just dominant. They're dominant, and they were and, – and what was so funny about the Kansas City Chiefs is – and I'm going to mention this next week too when we showcase these two teams. Literally, with these two teams, with the Chiefs, during the whole season, they did, did not seem like they were focused. They were not ready. They were not in the right mind. They led the league in drops, okay? They led the league in drops. And then what happens? The playoffs come. Mahomes and Kel and the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey, they all turn it up and they turn it up a notch. They turn it up to another level. This is what championship football is. And this is what championship football is about. Okay. They turn it up a whole nother another level. And I think that is what really went down with the Chiefs. Ever since that Dolphins game hit, they were a whole different team. Within one week, just another snap, just like that. They were a whole different team. Uh, and, and and I think that's what happened because they've been clicking on all cylinders in the playoffs. They're going to the Super Bowl. That's all you get. That's all you can say. They're going for back-to-back Super Bowl championships, back-to-back Super Bowl appearances for the Chiefs once again. They did it in 54 and 55. Now they're looking like they're going to do it in 57 and 58. This is their, this is their, I think, fourth straight Super Bowl in five seasons. Unfreaking believable. Unbelievable. Fourth Super Bowl in five seasons. This is Mahomes is third. Third. Oh, this would be his third ring. This would be his fourth appearance in the Super Bowl. Fourth. Just letting that in there. Four Super Bowl appearances, four AFC championships, three rings if he wins the Super Bowl. And he is only 28 years old and he's 14 and three. I'm just saying, guys, uh, we better quit doubting Patrick Mahomes and what he does. And, and I'm going to just sit here and say this now. We, we we better take that. We better take that with a grain of salt. And we've been not yet, not yet say that he's up there and he's in the conversation. We're, we're not going to sit there and say that he is the greatest, but we're going to talk about him in the conversation in the near future because it's the truth. It's the truth. Based off stat alone and titles alone and what he does, you better start mentioning Patrick Mahomes in this conversation. And it's one of the and you're and you're thinking, dude, why are you saying that? I grew up watching Tom Brady. Okay. So I knew what Tom Brady was. But when you're when you're watching him now and covering him now, he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it already. And he's 28 years old. So let's just keep an eye on Patrick Mahomes in that conversation. The Chiefs played really, really good football in this game. Now let's talk about the Ravens really quick before we move on. But the Ravens, man, uh the Ravens were the best team going into this game. And it, it was it, it was no no brainer. They were the best team in the league. During the, during the regular season and going into the playoffs. Yes, they had some struggles during the first half of the of the of the Texans game last week. But 
and, and this is a good comparison when you compare it to the Chiefs. Uh, real quick note on the Chiefs: they have not struggled at all during the playoffs, at all. They they have not really struggled that much at all. They hadn't had some adversity to face in the playoffs. They 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 were they, in each game the Chiefs have played in their playoff run this season. They have been here before. They've acted like that. So this is what kind of concerned me about the the Ravens. They played a little bit of inconsistent football in the first half last week against the Texans, and they ended up coming back and beating the Texans, uh, thirty four to ten. When you look at this game, the Ravens had a game plan all year which was they led the league in rushing. They were the number one running team and running offense in the league. They ran the ball like he was nobody's business. Mahal and, and not Mahal, Jackson threw the ball. He threw the ball well this season, but he also ran the ball as well. When he, when you can't find somebody open, but Jackson was patient and patient and patient and finding somebody open, and then he would throw it, and it's a touchdown. That's him all season. But when... He can't find anybody open. He usually takes off, which is the smart thing to do for Lamar Jackson. Take off and run. They completely abandoned their game plan Sunday, <laughs> and they really did. And then that, that, that's the basically thing. Basic thing. The Chiefs could not really stop the run a whole lot against the Bills. The Bills were running all over them. Did the Chiefs win? Still, absolutely. The Bills shot themselves in the foot, but the Ravens were a better running team than the Bills, and the Chiefs could not stop the Bills running the football, and the Ravens were a better running team. They could have ran the ball a lot more than they did, and they would have, I think they would have been, it would have been more effective, and the outcome maybe could have been different, maybe. But the Chiefs dominated on all sides of the ball. Let's look at the Ravens' rushing yards, because I'm very curious about this. Let's look at what their rushing yards are. They had 81 rushing yards, 81 rushing yards. The Chiefs had 89. The Chiefs outrushed them by eight yards. They outrushed them by eight yards. That's not like, that's not a usual, that's not, an, that's not a common thing if you're the Ravens this season. You're usually the best rushing team in the league. You're usually averaging 180 plus, 180 plus yards a, a game consistently. You had 81 rushing yards. You did not go with your game plan. Lamar Jackson tried to throw the ball a lot. He did, 255 yards. And, and here's the deal. The Ravens had more total yards in the game and they still lost. But they abandoned their game plan on the ground. When they threw the ball, and when Lamar threw the ball, it was clicking. All right? It was clicking. It was clicking on all cylinders when he did throw the ball on some occasions. Zay Flowers, when he uh, connected with him, he connected you know, a lot, touchdown to Zay Flowers earlier in the game. But on some throws, it didn't connect. He would either overthrow them. They would either drop the ball, and it just wouldn't work. He was being pressured a lot as well. Uh, the line up front could not contain the Chiefs' defensive line. Uh, he got a fumble, a strip sack. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We're going to talk about that next week with uh, Charles Amalinu. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about that with him next week and what's going on with him, but thoughts and prayers are with him. But with Lamar Jackson, he strip sack, fumbled, there, you know, fumble turnover. Not only that, he missed a couple of throws. He was overthrowing a lot of receivers. Uh, and when he when he was on, he was on. But sometimes when he was off, he was off. So he was hot and cold. And that was my that was my big issue with Lamar Jackson throwing the football. He was hot and cold in this football game. 
I think if they would have balanced it out a lot more and ran the football like like everybody has said and like they have been doing all year with a solid ground game, who can really beat the Ravens, honestly? And that was my thoughts. I think they abandoned their game plan. I think they tried to abandon their game plan and they they tried to step out of their comfort zone and they tried to outduel Patrick Mahomes, which in a lot of games, you don't outduel Patrick Mahomes. If you leave it to Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes is going to win every time. I hate to say that. I hate to be blunt, but it's the truth. You're not going to win a one-on-one matchup with Patrick Mahomes in quarterback play unless you're uh, Tom Brady and or in this league currently, Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow is really the only one active quarterback in the league that has a winning streak against Patrick Mahomes. Three and one. So, uh, when you look at Mahomes, not many are going to outduel Patrick Mahomes. So, and it's hard to bet against him. So, don't if you leave it to that, you're going to lose every time. I think up front was a concern for me with this team. I think they couldn't block very well. I think they were getting out physical at home, and that was a huge problem because they were a very physical football team going into this game. The Chiefs' defensive line was causing some chaos, and they got to Lamar Jackson and pressured him a lot. And I think those are some of the things that what caused the Ravens to just collapse, honestly. I think it was pure domination. I'm going to end it like how I said it. Pure domination. The Ravens got dominated against the Chiefs. Point blank. That's how you put it, and that's how it is. Uh, final score of this game, 17-10. The Chiefs defeat the Ravens, and the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, going to Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. And the Chiefs and the Ravens are going home. They are going to stay home, and they are going to get ready for the 2024 season. Congratulations on the Ravens for making it to the AFC Championship. Best team in the league this season, and they were. But sometimes it happens. You get outclassed by who may have been the true best all along, and we didn't really know it, was the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are making a second straight Super Bowl appearance in the AFC, back-to-back AFC champions, and they are going to be uh, going to Las Vegas wearing their red jerseys in Vegas, if you haven't heard. (laughs) If you haven't heard. And uh, by the way, like I said, uh, and, and they did show Taylor Swift, and and listen, let's just kind of cool it with the Taylor Swift stuff. I understand on, and, and when by, by, by cool it with the Taylor Swift stuff means, I mean, let's just stop all the hate for a little bit. You're thinking, wow, you're defending them. I'm not really defending anybody. I understand how exhausting it could be, and it, it, it does, it can be exhausting, but they're in love. Don't squander love, okay? Don't squander the love. If you hate on love, then... I mean, that's that's not okay, all right? Everybody has to love somebody, right? Don't hate on the love, all right? That's all I'm going to say about that. But Chase are going to Super Bowl, and they are going to, uh, you know, going in style, if you know that reference. Okay, NFC Championship game, the 49ers and the Lions. We're going to talk about this one because this one we need to talk about. Uh, I was watching it just like you guys were. I picked the Lions to win this game. The Lions were up 24-7 at the half. And then the final score read 49ers 34, Lions 31. And then I was wrong. Oh my goodness. We're going to talk about this game. We're going to break this game down because I have some 
we got to have some explaining to do on this one. Brock Purdy, 20 for 31 with 267 yards and a touchdown with one interception. Five carries with 48 yards. Christian McCaffrey, 20 carries with 90 yards and two touchdowns. Four receptions with 42 yards. Elijah Mitchell, four carries with seven yards and a touchdown. Debo Samuel, eight receptions with 89 yards, three carries and seven yards. Brandon Ayuk, three receptions with 68 yards and a touchdown. Kyle Juszczyk, two receptions with 33 yards and three-yard carry. George Kittle, two receptions with 20 seven yards. This defense stepped up really big in the second half with linebacker Fred Warner and safety Jair Brown being forces to be reckoned with. Warner racked up 13 total tackles with Brown racking up 10 total tackles. Let's go with the Lions really quick. Jared Goff, 25 for 41 with 273 yards and a touchdown. David Montgomery, 15 carries with 93 yards and a touchdown. Two receptions with 20 yards. Jameer Gibbs, 12 carries with four, with 45 yards and a touchdown. Three receptions with 11 yards. Jamison Williams was an absolute machine in this game. He played lights out at receiver for the Detroit Lions. Two receptions with 25 yards and a touchdown. 42-yard touchdown run for Williams. Sam Laporta, Nine receptions with 97 yards. Amon Ross St. Brown, seven receptions with 87 yards. Josh Reynolds had a 25-yard reception. Linebacker Alex Alazon was the highlight once again for this defense. He racked up nine total tackles. Let's talk about the 49ers. First half, not going to lie, the Lions had them. And then all of a sudden, they marched right back into it. They marched right back into it. Brock Purdy coming in and saving everybody and telling everybody, hey, I'm not a game manager. I had my doubts for a little bit about Brock Purdy. I really did. I had my doubts until Brock Purdy started to come save the day and he came to play. And I'm going to be one of them. Shame on me and shame on everybody else for hating on this guy. Brock Purdy is the dude. He is a he is a he is a quarterback in this league. He is not Mr. Irrelevant. He is irrelevant. He helped lead this team to the Super Bowl. And we cannot really hate on Brock Purdy anymore. Christian McCaffrey played a lights out game. So did Debo Samuel. So did Brandon Ayuk. This offense was clicking on all cylinders in the second half. Debo was running the ball on them. And then the Lions just started collapsing in the second half. The uh the 49ers and throughout the playoffs have been a second-half team. I worry about that against the Kansas City Chiefs, to be frank, because uh, once the Super Bowl, because the 49ers are headed to Las Vegas, and they're headed to Super Bowl 58 to play the AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs, the Niners will be wearing white, if that makes any sense. It is a Super Bowl 54 rematch between the two teams, and I'm going to be a little bit frank. Uh, rematch, the same jerseys that they wore in Super Bowl 54 in Miami, uh, back in Las Vegas now, Super Bowl 58 uh, between the Niners and the Chiefs and both wearing the same jerseys, jerseys that they wore. It's going to be an interesting game. Uh, I think it's going to be fun, unique. But when you look at it, different quarterbacks now, besides Mahomes, different quarterback for, you know, for Niners at this point. But when you look at everything, I worry about the second half stretch. I think one thing about this is, and this is what I'm going to mention more of next week, because we're not picking the Super Bowl this week. We're picking it next week since it's next Sunday instead of this Sunday. What I worry about with the Niners is the second half comebacks and not being existent in the first half. I worry about that. I worry about that a lot. So let's we're going to talk about that next week, and we're going to get into that then. But 
That's my problem with the Niners currently right now. But in the second half, the Niners have been dominant. They have dominated the Lions. They dominated the Lions a lot in the second half. Purdy was moving the ball well. McCaffrey was moving the ball well. And the offense was clicking on all cylinders. The defense stepped up big. Fred Warner played a monster game in the second half. He uh, they, they pressured Jared Goff a lot. And they were missing throws, uh, missing missing catch, yeah, missing throws, missing catch. They were dropping passes. Uh, the run wasn't as effective as it was in the first half, and the Niners just stepped up in a big way on both sides of the ball. So for the for the 49ers, congratulations, honestly, on completing a monstrous comeback. They were down, literally down by 17 points, a 17-point deficit, and they come back and beat them 34-31 to 31 and, and go to the Super Bowl. 49ers, Chiefs in the Super Bowl 58. It's going to be electric next week. We're going to talk about that next Thursday on Pigskin Frenzy. We're covering the Super Bowl. I can't wait to cover it. It's going to be awesome. My first Super Bowl. Super Bowl. But, well, and it's a rematch. It's a rematch. Uh, we don't have rematches in the Super Bowls very often. So, uh, Super Bowl rematches very often. So, that's going to be cool. But for the Lions, let's, t- let's talk about the Lions for a little bit. And <laughs> they just have some explaining to do. I mean, honestly, it's like one of those things you have some explaining you to do. 24 to 7, you were up and you lose the game. First half, you were dominant. They were running the ball all over the Niners. They were throwing the ball. They were moving the ball like it was nobody's business. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery were all over them. Jamison Williams, they were all over them in the first half. Defensive side of things and Offensive side of things, on both sides of the football, they were all over the, the San Francisco 49ers. When you look at everything, look at everything that happened, it was some of the decision-making by Coach Dan Campbell that, that happened. Dan Campbell, we're not going to question uh, we're not going to question how how much of a man he is and how big of a man he is, and we're not going to question how uh, how how uh, how much of an aggressive coach that he is and how uh, much of a risk taker and daredevil coach that he is. He is. He's gone for it all year. He's majority of the time gotten it all year. But in games like this, you need to be okay with kicking the field goals. You need to be okay with not going forward on fourth down and and scoring and taking the three because those in close games like this can affect the game, and it really could. Uh, They're going to say Jameer Gibbs fumbled the ball. He did fumble the ball. I think the outcome would have been still the same if they would have kicked the field goals. The drops happened. The drops were a big part of it. I will admit that. The drops for the players were a big part of it. I think the players with the fumble and the drops kind of messed it up. I understand that. But again, to me, the decision-making going forward on fourth and failing twice was the big reason why they lost that football game. They had this game won. They saw the Niners were coming back. The Niners did come back. It was 27-24. First, they didn't get it. They stopped them again, tried to go for it again, and they didn't get it again. They got stopped twice, and then the Niners scored to make it 34-24. The Lions scored late to make it 31-34. They kicked an onside kick, and they did not get the onside kick. The decision-making, it was not good. It wasn't good enough, and I think that was the big reason why. That, that was the, the, probably the reason why they lost that game, point blank. Uh, I'm not faulting the Lions. I am surprised the Lions got there. The Lions went to their first NFC Championship game since 1991. They won their first playoff game in 30 years. 
No one expected the Detroit Lions to be there. No one. I did not expect the Detroit Lions to be there. I thought it was honestly going to be the Niners and the Eagles again. To be real, I honestly thought. But the Detroit Lions found a way and they made it work. They made everything come into play here. The Lions had a good first half, but they just kind of squandered it away in the second. They had the Niners beat to go to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas, and it, it didn't work out for them. It, it, it's heartbreaking a little bit. It is heartbreaking for the Lions more than the Ravens. The Ravens have been there more than the, the Lions have. The Lions have never been to a Super Bowl, ever. They have not been to a Super Bowl. So it's kind of like it does break your heart a little bit. It is, and Dan Campbell said it best in his, post, uh, in his press conference, it is hard to get there twice. It's hard to do. It's hard to do it once. It's even harder to do it twice. It's harder to go back to back like that. But if you're built like the Kansas City Chiefs, right, then it may, it's hard to do it. But if you're if you're great like Patrick Mahomes is, then yeah, you, you know it, it, it's you know it may not it may not look as hard, I guess, when you're watching it. But it is hard nonetheless. It's hard for the Lions to try to get back there. So I, my heart goes out to them, and they played a hard-fought game in the first half. They just the decision makings and the fumbles, the drop passes, it just kind of they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit in the second half. They kind of let it let it go and let them be easy. And George Kittle was all on the sidelines. Even that you heard him on the sidelines saying that, "Oh well, we they I'm going to sit there when we when we win this game." And they were down 24-7 at this point. This was the second, the late in the second quarter. They're about to go into halftime. George Kittle told Brock Purdy, he said, well, hey. And he looked at him because Purdy was like all down and he was not really happy. He looked at him and said, hey, when we go up there for the NFC Championship presentation, they're like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? We're losing this game right now. When we go up there for the, the NFC Championship presentation, I'm going to sit there and say they had us in the first half, not going to lie. And he did say it. He did say it at the, at, the, at the trophy presentation for the NFC Championship. He did say it. They had us in the first half, I'm not going to lie. And they did have them in the first half. The Niners believed. They believed with Brock Purdy they can go back and they can uh, you know, man up on them and knock them back down. I think the Lions let it happen. I think the Lions took their foot off the gas pedal and let that team, who in my opinion is the most complete team in the NFL still, it's the 49ers, and I still said that, Niners are the most complete team in the NFL, let them come back on them with the weapons that they got. So uh, I think that's pretty much how you describe it, really. That's my, that's my honest thoughts. My honest thoughts are the Lions had a good run. Congratulations to the Lions on making it to the NFC Championship game, their first since 1991, getting a playoff win in 30 years. That's also incredible. Congratulations to them making it. But at the end of the day, the better team looked like it won, and it was the 49ers. They are the better overall team, the most complete team in the NFL. Final score, 49ers, 34 Lions 31, the 49ers win the NFC Championship once again. They are consistently in it, by the way. They have been in it for the past few years, since 2021. Uh, and 2019, missed a year. 2021, 2022, and 2023, they were in it. And they... Uh, it happens. You know what I mean? It really does. It happens. So, final score... 34, 49ers, Lions 31, the Niners going to the Super Bowl 58, Super Bowl 58 against the Chiefs, uh, wearing their white jerseys, like I said. That plays a note, I guess. There's a stat 
on a on, on in the Super Bowl that if the, if the team wears white, they're sixteen and three. So uh, I don't know if that makes really really any sense, I guess. But anywho, <clears throat> excuse me, anywho, Buccaneers. Not Buccaneers. Uh, forty. I said Buccaneers for some reason. I was. I, th- I guess I was thinking about the sixteen to three stat with Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and wearing whites. So I don't know why I said Buccaneers. My apologies. The 49ers, 49ers, thirty four lines, thirty one. The 49ers go to face the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes in Super Bowl fifty eight in Las Vegas. We're going to discuss that matchup next Thursday. Can't wait for the Super Bowl. Can't wait to cover it. That's going to be great. We just recap Championship Sunday here on Pigskin Frenzy. We recap Championship Sunday. Let's talk about other news going around the league. And I'm talking about the coaching vacancies before we get into the Pro Bowl. Um, not going to be a, that much of a long episode, I don't think, because I don't have much to say about the Pro Bowl as as one might think. But we're going to talk about you know other news around the league. We're going to talk about uh, the Pro Bowl here in a little bit, and then we'll conclude today's episode with the Pro Bowl here on Pigskin Frenzy. So let's talk about some other news. The Seahawks have hired Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald to be their next head coach in Seattle. That was reported yesterday by Adam Schefter. Mike McDon- Mike McDonald, good hire for the Seattle Seahawks. He coached a solid and strong defense for the Ravens this past season. They looked really, really good. And I honestly think that is a good hire for them. I think they're going to be a good, I think they should, they could be a really much improved defensive team next season, the Seattle Seahawks. I'm curious to see who he gets for, the, for their OC and see what happens there. But I honestly think that this is a good hire. This is a low-key and underrated hire for the Seahawks. And, so they, and they will most likely improve defensively next season. So good for the Seahawks, good hire for them. They hired Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald to be their next head coach. The Panthers have hired Buccaneers offensive coordinator Dave Canales to be their next head coach. Good hire there. I think that Buccaneers OC Dave Canales to be their next head coach. Uh, I think that's a that's a good hire. I think that uh, the Panthers are going to, you know, I think the Panthers are going to be a lot more open on offense. They're going to be a lot more, you know expressive on offense. They're going to be, Bryce Young can be developed more. I think with the weapons they got now, they can add more weapons. Sure, I think they need to add more weapons at receiver. They need to add more weapons on the O-line. But with more weapons and the weapons they got now, you blend it in, develop Bryce Young even more. The Panthers could be a team to watch out for because the Buccaneers' offense looked pretty pretty good with Baker Mayfield this past season. So uh, let's see what Dave Canales does as their next head coach, see who he gets on his staff. I am quite excited to see what the Panthers do there. The Steelers have hired former Falcons head coach Arthur Smith to be their next offensive coordinator. When you look at it, you're thinking to yourself, man, are you sure about that? Let me tell you why I'm sure about this. While he did not do good, a good job as a head coach, he was a good OC for the Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans in 2019 were the number one seed in the AFC playoffs. Um, I, I, I apologize. In 2021, they were the number one team in the AFC playoffs. Uh, and when you look at them, they were a a solid football team. They were they had a a good running game. A good running game under Mike Vrabel and Arthur Smith with Derek Kenry. He is a good running coach. He run he can run the football on offense like it's somebody's business. He did it with Bijan. He did it with Derek Henry. 
Uh, and he may can develop the running backs with Jalen Warren and Najee Harris in Pittsburgh. I think their running offense is going to be something special. Now, what's going to happen with the quarterback play and what's going to happen throwing the ball? I think that's a big key there and what we can see uh, with who's going to be the quarterback there with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph because Mason Rudolph played really good late in the season for the Steelers. So let's see what happens there. Uh, who? What, what's it going to look like? What's his offense going to look like throwing the football? What's it going to look like throwing the running the ball? I think running the ball, they'll be a little bit more developed in the run game. But let's see if they're going to be more developed in the passing game as well because you're going to have to have a quarterback to throw the ball in this league with. So I'm just saying, let's see what happens there with the Steelers' offense. I'm kind of, I'm kind of anxious to see, but I think it might have been a decent hire for the Steelers. Uh, They've hired former Falcons head coach Arthur Smith to be their next offensive coordinator. The Eagles have hired, and this is an interesting one, the Eagles have hired former Chargers and Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore to be their next offensive coordinator. Okay, we talked about it last week that they had a new defensive coordinator in Vic Vic Fangio from the Miami Dolphins. Now I get their offensive guy in Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore with the Cowboys was a solid choice for the Cowboys. He he developed one of a one of a uh, a very hot offense with the with the Cowboys with the Cowboys. So last year he went to the Chargers, led him to the playoffs, and then went to and then next the next season Staley that didn't really it didn't really work out on offense but I think that Kellen Moore with the offenses they got now that he could dial up some plays mix up some plays that are happening and mix up some plays that Brian Johnson didn't do with the Eagles and the Eagles can get back to playing some Eagles football and they could probably make it to the playoffs once again and be one of the top teams they got the talent they got the talent on both sides of the football, but they need the right signal callers. They need the right play callers to be on that team, right? So that's my thoughts. I think it's a good a, a good, good enough hire. I think Kellen Moore can do something with them, and I think it is a better hire than what they got with Brian Johnson. That's just going to be my honest thoughts on that. I think Kellen Moore can do a great job with the Eagles, and they have hired him as their new OC. So let's see what they do, and the Eagles are going to look like in 2024. Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson is returning to Detroit for the 2024 season. He was rumored for the head coaching vacancies for the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington Commanders mainly. Uh, he returned. He informed both teams that he was not going to be, you know, not going to take those jobs. He was going to return as the offensive coordinator for the Lions for the 2024 season, and it's a good move. Hopefully, they bring Aaron Glenn back on defense and they get their whole staff and they get their whole crew back together because they were that was a good team last season. The Lions were. So let's just see what the Lions do, and if they bring everybody back with them, they can try to make another run and try to rewrite a wrong in the playoffs. So let's see what the Lions do. I can't wait to see it. Uh, Let's see what they do uh, in the 2024 season under offensive coordinator Ben Johnson, Dan Campbell, and maybe, hopefully, maybe if they bring him back, Aaron Glenn on defense. So let's see what happens there for the Lions. Last but a little bit of news, and we're going to talk about this, Bill Belichick, and what does this mean for Bill Belichick? A lot of people have been asking me that. What does this mean for him in the coaching searches and the coaching vacancy? What does this mean? Uh, It's looking like he's not going to be coaching in 2024. And it's looking like because the Falcons passed upon him for uh, Rams defensive coordinator or you know former Rams defensive coordinator now Raheem Morris he's the new head coach for the Atlanta Falcons. So what does this mean for Bill Belichick? You're gonna think right now, okay? I mean, 
he doesn't coach in 2024, and he doesn't. He there's no there's no room for him to coach. But Bill Belichick still wants to be a coach in the 2025 season. He's not retired. He may sit out a year, but he wants to return to coaching in 2025. And uh, a, a lot of it, uh, in my opinion, there's going to be a lot of uh, hate on that because a lot of people are already kind of that I've been hearing wanting to kind of run off into the sunset. But uh, I think Bill Belichick is going to do what Bill Belichick wants to do. I think Bill Belichick is going to be uh, going to be a coach in 2025. Don't know who he's going to be for. He could be even a coach in 2024 if a surprising job or a, a flash of pan job opens up. But right now it's looking like Bill Belichick might miss the 2024 season. So what do I think about Bill Belichick? I have nothing against Bill Belichick coaching again, but it's looking like right now that it's not looking good for him in the long run when it comes to coaching uh, this season or even beyond. So I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it's kind of interesting on why they passed over Bill Belichick. They said there was a lot of hurdles, and that was the rumor there. It's kind of interesting to see why they passed over him. I don't necessarily know the answer to that, but they did pass over him, and I think that is uh, uh, something to watch out for uh, when it comes to coaching, right? So uh, that's just about, I mean, that really just all I got for other news and the coaching vacancies. Let's move on to the Pro Bowl games, you know, to, you know, before we conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy and to conclude today's episode of Pigskin Frenzy, let's talk about the Pro Bowl for a little bit. The Pro Bowl used to be something like NFC versus AFC, helmet, shoulder pads, and a hard-hitting football game. It's it, Then it went down to, okay, more of a skills-based challenge. Then it went to flag football and skill-based challenges. Uh, it went from... Uh, Different teams instead of conferences, team so and so against team so and so. Then it went back to NFC versus AFC. Then it went to uh, flag football and uh, you know skill challenges, which I prefer. I mean, I think a lot of these guys don't need to be taking hits late in the year uh, and risk getting injury for the next season and getting injured in, ahead of the next season. So I, I completely agree to that. So what there is for the Pro Bowl games, uh, and there's a lot of, the rosters are here. The Chiefs and 49ers players were nominated. All of them will not be participating in the Super Bowl, in, in the Pro Bowl because of the Super Bowl. And that just that just happens. So a lot of players have also opted out, like Lamar Jackson, Ravens quarterback, Cowboys quarterback, Dak Prescott, Rams quarterback, Matthew Stafford. There's a lot of guys that opted out. Um, and, and also, I mean, there's the only one that really did is there is uh, Tua Tungabayaloa, Gardner Minshew. They're going to be playing for the AFC. Um, and there's a lot of guys that are going to be playing for the NFC as well. The Pro Bowl games happened, and the Pro Bowl games are precision passing, best catch, closest to the pin, high stakes, dodgeball, kick-tack-toe where a kicker kicks as many as he can, snapshots for long snappers, a gridiron gauntlet, a tug-of-war, a move-the-chains, a Madden head-to-head, a Madden head-to-head where two players from each conference represent their teams and they play each other in Madden, and then there's going to be three flag football games. So real quickly, and I'm not going to talk much on the Pro Bowl, and I'm not going to talk much about it, but... We're going to preview and predict the Pro Bowl. Why not? Let's just do it for fun. Here we go. For precision passing, I'm going to go down the list here. For precision passing, between the two, 
right now, I have the NFC Conference winning the precision passing for the best catch. Uh, I like Jamar Chase in that one. I cannot deny him. I'm going to go with best catch. I'm going to go with the AFC. Closest to the pin, I'm going to have for golf and accuracy. I'm going to go with NFC. Uh, for the high stakes matchup, I'm going to go with the NFC. For dodgeball, I really like the AFC to bounce back here for the dodgeball challenge. The kick-tack-toe, it is hard to deny Justin Tucker and what he does. No, I'm not going to talk about the incident with Mahomes and Kelsey. I think it's kind of ridiculous myself, so I'm not going to talk about it. But for, 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 for just pure kicking, Justin Tucker is one of the best. Can't deny him. AFC wins that one. Snapshots for long snappers, the NFC wins that one. Madden head-to-head, we're going to have to go with the AFC conference on that one. Gridiron Gauntlet, the AFC is going to take that one as well. Tug of war between the two players and who's going to be in it. I think the NFC takes that one as well. Move the chains. The NFC takes that one. The flag football games, and this is the main premier games, the flag football games. Game one will go to the NFC. Game two and game three, both of those games will go to the AFC with overall the AFC winning the Pro Bowl this year and winning the Pro Bowl skills challenges this year. So those are my preview predictions for the Pro Bowl. And those are, and, and I think the AFC and with their head coach, Peyton Manning, will defeat his brother, Eli Manning, and the NFC in the Pro Bowl. We are out of time. A big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday, out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Shorter episode than usual, but it's going to get that way because, hey, all season's coming. And, hey, we're going to see what happens you know, with running time and all that, but it fluctuates. It fluctuates. But again, big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday to just sit back, watch, and listen to some NFL coverage presented by me. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like each episode, leave comments down below. Spotify, Podbean, and Apple, all you have to do is just share around with others and follow on there as well. Instagram, Facebook, and X. All you have to do is type in Pigskin Frenzy. Follow up the pages there. You will get episode updates. You will get news and highlights from across college and NFL football. You will get episode updates. You will get new. You will get trivia questions on Instagram stories, as well as all things up to date for Pigskin Frenzy. Guys, big thank you for taking some time out of your Thursday just for some NFL coverage. Guys, enjoy this weekend. Enjoy the Pro Bowl this weekend, and catch us Tuesday. <clears throat> Excuse me, unprofessional again. Catch us Tuesday because Tuesday is going to be a great college ball episode. It is a National Signing Day recruiting special for Pigskin Frenzy. The day before National Signing Day, Pigskin Frenzy recruiting special episode coming up Tuesday. We're going to be talking about all about high school recruiting, some of the top recruits, and where do we think they're going to land. So we're going to talk about that Tuesday. Next Thursday is Super Bowl frenzy for pigskin frenzy i cannot wait for it super bowl frenzy for pigskin frenzy we're going to showcase the niners we're going to showcase the chiefs we are going to preview and predict that matchup and we're going to recap a little bit of the pro bowl and the festivities from last weekend uh from this coming up weekend technically it'll be last weekend next week but Until Tuesday, until the recruiting episode of College Football, I'm Joel Norris signing off. We will see you Tuesday for another edition of Pigskin Frenzy. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Pro Bowl this weekend. And for everybody out there, please and always stay the course.